Pacific Coast Church. Happy Sunday, Pastor Ashley here. As always, we are thrilled that you have made a choice to join us online here today. Gosh, we're excited for what God is doing in our church, both technologically and in person. He's doing amazing, amazing things. And I gotta tell you, we have lots of announcements, but friends, before we get to that, what I shared in person, you know, we have an in-person gathering every single Sunday. What I shared in person at 10 a.m. this past Sunday at Mount Tahoma High School, I feel like the Lord is truly wanting me to share with you here this morning online. I feel like the Holy Spirit has just really been wrecking me over the last, especially week and a half, about individuals. Maybe this is you. If it's not, then you know you can just let it pass. But certain individuals that have been specifically asking God for a sign, Lord, show me you're real, or Lord, show me that this is your will, or show me, Lord, God, asking for all of these fleeces, right? If you know that story in scripture. But can I tell you that the Holy Spirit has just really, really been impressing on my heart that he wants you to know that this is your sign, that you already have been feeling very specific nudges from him. Whatever it is, for some of you, it's specific nudges about a direction he wants you to take. For some of you, it's a specific nudge about stepping out and trusting him a little bit more. Maybe it's connecting in community. Maybe it's giving for the first time. For some of you, it's signing up for dream team. For some of you, it's actually submitting the prayer requests online for the first time, admitting that you need the Lord in whatever area that is. For some of you, it's joining the prayer team. For some of you, it's even coming in person as he makes you comfortable. So friends, I just wanna encourage you. May we say this all the time, but if you can really grasp this in your soul, you hear the Lord. You do. And we've talked about it a lot, especially recently, but maybe you're waiting for an audible voice and you know what? I know that God can do that. He's never done that for me. He's never done that for Pastor JF. For us, it's these nudges, these thoughts, these feelings in our gut towards something that we maybe wouldn't be naturally inclined to. And I just wanna encourage you today, lean into those. Even ask him, Lord, is this, is this you? Maybe take that step and allow him to confirm it. Allow his, his words through me right now to be one confirmation. And maybe you take a step and watch him confirm the next one. There's so many ways that I know he desires for so many of you to step out. Like I said, you can submit a prayer request right now. You can go online or you can text the word Pacific to 84576 and submit your prayer request there. We are praying throughout the week. We meet online Wednesdays at noon, Facebook Live, and we pray over them confidentially as well. But we just want to encourage you, connect in that way. We have small groups that will be launching soon. Maybe he's nudging you to lead a small group for the first time or launch a brand new small group of something totally different. Lean in. You can email us and tell us about it or you can go straight to the website and submit it there. 
Maybe you've never filled out a connect card. Something as simple as that. You haven't committed to even connecting with us in terms of community. And so maybe you want to do that now. Go to the website pacificcoast.church and do that. Maybe it's giving for the very first time. Or maybe it's giving in a way that you actually are trusting the Lord in a new way in your finances. Whatever it is, we want to give you that opportunity to give. If that's you, friends, lean in. I, I got to tell you, the Lord for me and JF personally, when we first got married, this was something that we were nervous. Even as um, people that had, I feel like we were kids then, but we'd grown up in the church our whole lives and it was something we wrestled with. And we asked the Lord to show us specifically. And when we stepped out in faith, actually being obedient in our giving of our resources, man, he showed up so powerfully in our marriage. It was so, I just want to tell you, trust him. He's good for it. He is good for it. You can text the word donation to 84576. That link will get sent right to your phone. You can give online at pacificcoast.church slash give. You can mail your text to P.O. Box 66026, Tacoma, Washington, 98467. Lean in. Maybe the Lord has been nudging you about a specific gifting, or maybe you have a desire to learn something new. We have so many opportunities that, yes, range from all the beautiful creative things like singing and instruments and photography, videography, uh, social media. There's just this massive gamut. Maybe you are passionate about educating children, or maybe the Lord has given you a desire to comfort babies and whatever it is, friends, I promise there is a dream team place for you. Maybe that's what he's nudging you. Maybe it's stepping out in that way or learning something brand new. Maybe you heard about us wanting to live stream that we need camera operators and we're willing to train even if you have no experience. Maybe that's you. Email us, info at pacificcoast.church. I got to tell you, friends, when the Lord nudges in that way and we're willing to take that first step, it's astounding how that next step becomes a little bit easier and you end up hearing him a little clearer. It's so powerful. I just want to encourage you in that today. There's so much going on. It's so exciting. And, but really, the most powerful part is you taking that next step. Is you being willing to respond to what God is speaking to your soul. This is your sign. I want to pray with you as you prepare to respond, right? Whatever that means. If it means the prayer request, if it means small groups, dream team, connect card, whatever it is, as you prepare to respond to what you know you've already been feeling, if that's you. Lord, thank you. Thank you that you're the God that speaks to us. Yeah, it's not usually audible, but it's you speaking to us in such powerful ways, Lord, that we honestly can't deny it. We try to rationalize it sometimes, but when we're honest with ourselves, we cannot deny that your spirit is speaking to our souls. So Lord, thank you, number one. <laughs> number two, Lord, help us to be obedient to those nudges, those things that we know your heart is telling ours. And Lord, help us to hear you more clearly and to be faster to lean in, because we know that you are good for it, Lord. 
and that we can trust you. We praise you, Lord. We thank you, God, for what you're doing in us individually and collectively as Pacific Coast Church. We are excited for this next season. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, hey, what's up, Pacific Coast Church? My name is J.F. Wilkerson. I just want to welcome you today to Church Online, wherever you are, wherever you may find yourself, whether that's with your family, your kids, your spouse, your loved ones, some friends. I don't know, maybe you're watching from your living room. Maybe you're out on a walk. Maybe you're in between shifts at work. You're alone. Wherever you are, whoever you're with, we are just so honored that you take some time today and join us. And uh, today, uh, we're continuing our series entitled God in Flesh. Jesus, who in fact uh, was indeed God, he became man, he took on flesh. And that's what we as Christians believe. As crazy as that sounds, God came to us in flesh form. And really, the question is why why would he do something like that? Like, why would the God of the entire universe lower himself to take on the form of his very own creation? Why would he come to us in that way? It's a, it's a type of love that is indescribable. Hebrews 1 says this, In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. This is what this is all about. Whom he appointed heir of all things, and through him also he made the universe. Verse 3, the son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. Now, I want to just take a second and just read that last part again, because this is so important to what we're talking about. It says this, the Son, meaning Jesus, is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. John, the book of John, says it like this. John 1 verse 14 says, here it is. This is like the whole deal. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So today, keeping in mind that the Lord Jesus is showing us the full glory of God, his spirit, his heart, his truth, in and through Jesus and his words and actions and life. That's what we're going to do. We're going to look at another account that we're given in Scripture. We're, we're going to look at a time where we see Jesus. He, he, Jesus is so moved, he, mightily. He, he moves in the lives of some of his very best friends. And, and some of the people, get this, that walked closest with him needed a miracle. Like they needed the Lord to show up in a very real way. And so today we're, we're going to dive into what that looked like and and while doing that, I really believe the Lord is going to show us elements that we must consider when we're asking the Lord to do the same in our lives. You know, we've talked about this a lot lately. Friends, we believe that God is doing a new thing in and through us here at Pacific Coast Church. Do you believe that? I'm telling you, we listen, we believe he's calling us into deeper levels of knowing him, walking with him, and, and 
It's more important than ever that we have a solid foundation in his word and, pursu- and pursuing his spirit. And, and really having proper expectations of what it looks like for God to show up in our situation. It, it, and here's the thing, it, it, it's, not, it's not always the way we often think. And so today, we're looking at the story of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. But we wanna dissect it in a way that helps us recognize elements that we need to consider when we're asking God to answer our own prayers, okay? So if you have your Bibles, grab it. If you don't, it's gonna be on the screen here. Turn to the book of John in chapter 11. Now, like I mentioned, this is the account of some of Jesus' closest friends, like besties, right? And in fact, two of the characters in this story were two of Jesus' female disciples. All the ladies say, hey, right? I'm telling you, Jesus had female disciples, all right? And Mary, who in John 12 washes Jesus' feet with an expensive perfume, and Martha, the, you know, the one that was known for her incredible heart of service, their brother Lazarus was sick. And, and, and they, were, they were upset, they were worried. And scripture lets us know that these four are very close. So, so the girls, they send word to Jesus in hopes he would come immediately, like right now, to heal Lazarus. Okay, so let's go to the text. John chapter 11, starting in verse 3, says this. So the sisters, meaning Mary and Martha, sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. That's important. We'll go back to that. Verse 7. And then he said to the disciples, Let us go back to Judea. Wait a second. Scripture says Jesus loved these, this family, like so much. And yet when Jesus heard Lazarus was sick, like he doesn't catch a red eye to get there. He actually hung out where he was for a couple more days. Like why would he do that? That leads us to the very first highlighted subject matter in the story. It's it's one that I know, that I know (laughs) that we have to consider when we're seeking God for anything. And that is, write this down. Here's the first thought. You gotta consider his timing. Now, Jesus gets the bad news about one of his best friends. And instead of panicking and rushing and rushing to Lazarus, like he doesn't even leave for another two days. I'm sorry. I have to question the timing of Jesus's decision. Now, how many of you know that timing for anything is everything? My uh, great-grandfather was an immigrant from Scandinavia, and his name was Galtha Heim, born and raised in a little city called Stavanger in the country of Norway. In fact, about five years ago, I had the absolute privilege of visiting his hometown. Well, When I was a kid, I can remember my grandmother telling me the story of how he arrived at Ellis Island in New York City 
and finally made the cross-country journey and, and he settled right down here in Tacoma, Washington. Milton, for some of you, you know. Anyway, the story goes that he and his cousin had decided to leave on a ship together to sail to America. So the day had come to travel from Norway to Paris where the boat was docked. And on the day, my grandfather's cousin sent word to him stating that he would have to meet him in Paris because he hadn't finished up his work in time, but really not to worry because he would meet him in time to board that ship in Paris. So my grandfather left Norway, he traveled to Paris, France, and in fact, he purchased two one-way tickets from Paris to New York City. Now, a side note, my grandfather and his cousin were poor, poor, poor farmers. So they essentially used all the money they had for those two non-refundable tickets. And he knew that if his cousin, for whatever reason, showed up late, like they'd be stuck in, they'd be stuck in Paris penniless, right? Well, the day finally came to board the ship and my grandfather looked around and to his amazement, his cousin still hadn't arrived from Norway to where he was in Paris. He couldn't like text or call or anything. He just, he wasn't there. So the story goes, my, grand, my grandmother tells it, the story goes my grandfather is standing on the dock watching all the people board that ship. There's, you know, music's playing. There's fun and excitement in the air. But unfortunately, due to his cousin's tardiness, right, my grandfather decides to not board the ship. And consequently, the ship pulls away from the dock with all the fanfare and my poor grandfather misses the ship, he loses all his money, and his cousin arrives the next morning. Now, the one key piece of detail that I've left out up until now is that that ship was the infamous Titanic that ended up hitting an iceberg, sinking to the bottom of the Northern Atlantic, and launching the career of Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> like, if my grandfather gets on that boat, Yours truly isn't shouting at the camera today, right? I'm not even here. How many of you know that timing is everything, right? So scripture says that when Jesus heard that Lazarus was sick, he decided to stay two more days? Like why? One of his best friends is dying. <laughs> And for all he knew, like everyone knew, maybe he's already dead and, and Jesus has the power to fix it. And he decides to wait two whole days before he heads to the hospital. Why? Well, it wasn't because he didn't love him. It wasn't because Jesus didn't love Lazarus, all right? Let's go to the text, John 11, verse 4. It says, when he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. So, so there's more going on here. Now, some of you that are watching right now, maybe you're walking through some pretty stuff, some tough stuff. Some, some of you are so angry at God because of the timing of things in your life. Things that you expected him to solve by now and they still aren't fixed. And here's the thing, today, like, you need to be reminded that the timing of things can be used for his glory if you allow it. God's providential timing, right? All right, let's go back to the text. Verse 14, it says this. 
So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I am glad I was not there so that you may believe. But let's go to him. Listen, (laughs) what I'm about to say is hard to swallow. But there are hard things that the Lord allows us to walk through for our own sake. Why? So that we can grow in our believing. And and my friend, this is part of his timing. This is is what he's all about. Jesus' timing had everything to do with God getting the glory and those watching growing in belief. There's a process here. All right, let's go back to the text. Verse 17 says this. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now, let me stop right there. The question is, why is this important, this four days thing? Now, here's the thing. In the Jewish culture, they were taught and believed that resurrection from the dead was was possible but only within three days of the person dying. So Jesus Jesus arrived on the fourth day. Now it makes sense why Mary and Martha are, they're just devastated. Now it makes sense why the disciples, like they can't figure out why Jesus didn't leave earlier. In their minds, in their expectations, Jesus was already too late. Jesus had already missed the window. He was outside of the three days. Jesus, here it is, didn't fit into into their little boxes of expectations. Maybe even in their minds, he had failed them. Maybe you can relate to this. Maybe that's exactly how you feel today. You feel like God didn't really show up for you. (laughs) I mean... Like, like maybe you feel like he can't show up now in the way you prayed, the way you prayed for, and that he's just simply too late. Like, like, like maybe, maybe you've lost all hope. Maybe you feel like he has failed you. Can I ask you what, what that is based on? Is it based on the way that you thought God had to do it? Is, is it based on the way you assumed it had to go? Is it based on the way you were taught that it had to be? That's where Mary and Martha were. Like they, they had always only been taught that no one could be healed after the fourth day had come. And so because of this, they no longer believed that Jesus could heal Lazarus. They had given up all hope. Have, have you ever felt that way before? In fact, when Jesus sees Mary for the first time, she tells him, Jesus, if you had only been here in time, he would not have died. Now, now, now look how Jesus responds to her. Can, 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 I, can I go further? I actually believe Jesus has these words for you today as well. For whatever it is that you're believing him for, whatever it is that you've been told will come to pass, even if you have lost all hope, hope, I want to encourage you with what Jesus said. It's not only for them, it's for you. It says this in verse 25. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. And really, then he just asked her point Blake, Like, do you believe this? He, like he asked, he asked this. So 
Like, like can, I ask, can I ask you the same question today? Like, do you believe this? Like, do you believe that Jesus can operate outside of your assumptions, outside of your expectations, outside of even the way you begged him to do it? Do you believe that he can do it for you? We may not see it, but God's timing always <laughs> has a purpose. Often, often it's, it's just too simple. It's just to simply help us believe more. And so we have to always consider his timing. It's, it's almost never ours, friends, almost never. And I have, I have lived this, right? Hey, listen, here, here's the second area that I believe we must keep in mind as we're waiting for something from the Lord. Maybe it's a miracle, like a full-on miracle, or, or maybe it's just an answer to prayer. Maybe, maybe it's just showing, maybe it's just him showing up in a very specific situation, all right? So the first thought that I had, remember, consider his timing. Here, here's a, an interesting one. Consider his tears. Consider his tears. I, I know it sounds strange, but I think Jesus' tears in this situation have a really important message for us. You know, I can remember, <laughs> I can remember the first couple of times seeing my wife Ashley cry for like the first time and like not knowing what to do. Like, like husbands, you out there? Like, you feel me? Like, like you know those times where something happens and, and you know like why your wife is crying, right? Something bad happens or whatever. But then there's those times where she cries and you have no idea why. And even worse, she can't seem to tell you why either. Like, have you ever been there? You're like, what's going on? I, you know? And here's what's fascinating. When, when Jesus arrived on the scene of Lazarus' death, he cried. Jesus, being fully God and fully man, God in flesh, Jesus himself cried. But why? Clear, clearly he knew that he was about to raise his friend from the dead, he knew that he was going to be fine. It's not enough to know that Jesus cried. I think it's important to ask the question of why Jesus was crying. Since he knew all things, he knew he was about to see him alive in just a few minutes. He knew there was about to be a party and a celebration that his dead friend was now alive, yet he cries. The question is, the question is why? All right, look at John. The second part of verse 32, Mary is talking here and Mary says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, look at this. When he saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. And here's the shortest passage in the Bible. Verse 32. Jesus wept. The question is, why was he crying? Why was he weeping? Now, I've heard that he was grieved over their grief, right? And yes, I agree with that fully. But I also believe, I believe there was more. Like, I, I believe that Jesus was heartbroken. Scripture says he was deeply troubled. In fact, in the original language, it says his spirit was stirred up. Question is, like, why was he so stirred up? Why was he heartbroken if Lazarus was about to be alive and fully restored again? Why was he troubled? Here's what I believe. 
I believe the Lord showed, showed me something very important for me and for all of us. That group of Jesus' friends, they knew him better than almost everyone, except maybe his 12 disciples. I, I don't know. And, and I, here's the thing, I, like, I don't know. Maybe they knew him even better. The point is that they knew him. They had experiences with him. They had seen him work the most amazing miracles. They they, had been taught by him. And yet they allowed culture and their fears to dictate their belief in what he could do for them. Their hope, their faith. It, it, It had been affected by their society than by his spirit. I can only imagine how this broke the heart of Jesus. I mean, even in verse 37, it says like the crowd, the crowd is grumbling. Man, if he was able to open the eyes of the blind, he should have been able to heal him, right? I mean, they're just grumbling and talking and like, like, they, like they believed he could have healed him, but only within the confines of the little box they made for him. Jesus lives outside of our boxes. Listen, I believe Jesus cried because his friends were hurting. Yes, I believe Jesus feels the pain that we feel and cares more than we can ever imagine. But I also believe that Jesus cried because he was heartbroken over what their faith was based on. He was so deeply grieved and sad that they still didn't get it. They they still thought he had to operate in this little box of expectations. JF's little box of Jesus can only do it based on the way I see it. (laughs) Maybe maybe that's you you who you're watching today. Maybe you've been expecting God to operate in your box of expectations. Maybe, Maybe you're so sad and frustrated to tears like Jesus was. I want you to know today, here's the encouragement. Your tears always matter to him. When you hurt, he hurts. But he also wants, he wants you to, he, he wants the evaluation where your hope comes from to be here, where, where your expect, expectations derive from him. Why are you so upset that he hasn't operated in the way you want it? And that's what leads us to this last area that, that we have to consider and keeping in check. And that is that first one, consider his timing. His timing is perfect. Consider his tears. Here's the last one, and that is, you gotta consider your trust. Like, in the end, it really boils down to you being okay with the way he does things and operates and trusting that he's gonna deliver for you. Let's go back to the text, verse 38. This is what it says. Jesus, once more, deeply moved, he's troubled, frustrated. He came to the tune, tomb and it was it was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance take away the stone he said but lord said martha the sister of the dead man by this time there's a bad odor for he has been there for four days look at that she says it again and then jesus said did i not tell you that if you believe you will see the glory of god so watch what happens 
took this, they took away the stone. And then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I, like, I, I can't help but imagine that Jesus was saying, even though they haven't really heard me, Father, you have. Look at verse 42. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! Lazarus was raised from the dead, which, listen, is awesome. But here's what I want you to see. Like, this is the takeaway from this moment. The word believe that Jesus keeps using here literally means active trust. It's, it's, it's really the same word that's used in John 316. This is, you know, there's a there's a there's a famous verse in the Bible. Here it is. Remember John 3:16? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever, here it is, whoever believes, meaning actively trusts in him, shall not perish, shall not die, but have eternal life. This active trust. It's not just believing. There, there's more to it, to it. It's it's action. And Jesus responds to some of his closest friends. He, he responds in sort of a peculiar one, peculiar one for us. Let's, let, let, let's look at it again. He, he starts by saying, look at this, remember? He just said it in verse 21. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Now, that word resurrection literally means to raise up again, to bring back. And I believe Jesus was telling Mary and Martha, I know your belief has taken a hit. It's fallen down. Maybe even part of it has died. But if you choose to trust me, I will raise it up again. I will breathe life into those places where death had creeped in. Jesus said, resurrection isn't something I do. It's something that I am. When your faith fails, when you fall down in your active trust of the Lord, he says, run back to me. Let me raise you up again. Trust me, I am your redeemer. I am your forgiveness. I'm your healing. I am your life. This is who Jesus is. And for so many of us, we are cool and we're okay with considering his timing, as hard as it is sometimes. His tears, we're, we're, we're able to accept the fact that maybe he's doing something outside of our expectations, but for a lot of us sometimes, it's this area of trust. And can I just raise both hands and both feet and both ears and anything else I can wait and tell you that there's been times in my life where this has been even hard for me, where it's like, Lord, I, I accept the fact that my timing doesn't always work out. I accept the fact that your timing does because I've seen it happen in my own life. I can, that's, that's sometimes a whole lot easier to accept. Listen, God, I can even go as far as to say that I, I can accept the, the reality that you're probably not always gonna do it the way I want it. Like I, maybe based on my plans and my expectations and, and how I think this thing should flesh out, Maybe you might do it a little bit differently. I, I, I can do that, but man, let me, let me tell you, there's times where it's like, 
putting in the work and, 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 and the area of tr truly being obedient and trusting in Him, even when the haters and the naysayers, some of them may even be some of the people you love the most, say, it ain't gonna happen. Listen, I've been there. My wife and I together, we've been there. We've experienced this even the last 36 months, I'm telling you. But if you're willing to humble yourself today, if you're willing to take on humility and just say, Lord, I am going to believe, not just believe that you're there and believe that you do what you say that you're gonna do, but actively trust, like take that step of faith and actively trust that you're gonna do all, the, all of those things. I'm telling you, man, life, <laughs> I don't wanna say will get easier for you, but you will experience peace, his peace, in those moments where everybody else is like, how are you, how are you dealing with this? How are you at peace? It's because you've made a decision. Even sometimes when you don't feel it, you've made a decision to just truly actively trust in him. And so today I wanna, I wanna pray for you. I wanna, I, wanna, I wanna lift you up today in the midst of the chaos that maybe you're, you're experiencing on a very personal level. I mean, I know it's happening all over the world right now. In, 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 in every arena, but maybe you're like in chaos in, the, in, your, in your personal world right now. Listen, I know what that feels like too. I, I've been there. In fact, I've been there recently. And I'm telling you that even in some of those moments, it was scary, but it required my wife and I to truly take this step of faith and actively trust in Him. And He's brought us through some really, really dark times and moments to where, man, we went through some of that stuff and we, we lived this out for ourselves and continue to, and, and we've grown. And you can grow too. But I wanna pray first and foremost for you, my friend, who you say, pastor, pray for me. I wanna accept Christ into my life. I've been trying to do everything on my own watch, my own timing. Um, you, you might even believe in God, but but you have such a small little tiny box that your expectations of what it looks like for, for a higher being to be a part of, it only gets to be in here. And if it can't be in this little space, then it must not be real. Maybe, maybe, that's, maybe, that's, maybe that's your experience with, with the idea of, of being connected and in relationship to God. I, I don't know. But let me tell you right now, if you're willing to blow that box up and allow him just to do what he's gonna do in your life, I'm telling you, it'll change everything. Come on, let me just pray for you right now. Wherever you're at, wherever you're tuning in from, maybe you just wanna close your eyes and be a part of this moment together. Lord, I just take a minute and I thank you for every friend watching. God, I appreciate the fact that just even tuning in says so much about what they want out of their life and they want they want to experience you. And so God, I pray right now, maybe you're watching right now, I mentioned it earlier, and you say, Pastor, pray for me. I want to accept Christ in my life. Just do that. Just say, Jesus, come into my life. You know, all of the pain, you know, all of the, the mistakes I've made. I, I uh, this is old school word, I repent, meaning I just confess that I've made a bunch of mistakes and I ask that you would forgive me. Just do that in your own way. Lord, forgive me of the mistakes I've made. God, I thank you that that's, who you are, and that's what you came to do to heal us. So Lord, come into my life, heal me. I wanna begin this new journey with you. 
guide me, lead me, help me to move in the direction of, of trust, actively trusting in you. Not just believing, but trusting that you are going to do what you say that you're gonna do. And not right now, I pray, for, maybe you're watching and you are a believer. I pray for you right now in this area, just actively trusting, losing this idea of God having to fit into this little, this little box of expectations that you, maybe not even like on purpose, but even subconsciously, you, you, you like inserted God into this box. And so right, I just pray, Lord, that you would work on my friend right now who loves you, who is already walking with you, but has allowed maybe culture, society, other people uh, dictate how, how they see the way you working in their lives. Maybe it's like a, maybe it's like this incredibly supernatural miracle, or maybe it's just um, for, for daily direction, whatever it is, everything from that to here to everything in between. God, I pray for my friend right now, including myself, that we would, especially during these strange days, that we would actively trust you in everything that we do. And so before we close, God, I just bless every one of my friends. I'm so honored, I'm so grateful that I get to be a part of this community of local believers here in the Pacific Northwest called Pacific Coast Church. God, we just thank you for all that you're doing. It's so exciting. So I bless every one of my friends watching right now. And God, we just, once again, we're gonna always say it, we humble ourselves and we ask that you would guide us and lead us as we continue to do what you called us to do here in Pierce County, the 253 area code, Tacoma, Washington. God, I pray for people that are watching from afar. I pray that you'd bless them. Thank you, God, for this moment together. In Jesus' name, amen. And what a powerful word and so applicable Gosh, to my life, to your life. It's really exciting to see how the Lord is leading us collectively. Amen. As always, we have questions for you. Hopefully you are discussing these in your virtual or in your in-person small groups. Uh, I wanna encourage you maybe to journal about them as well as the Holy Spirit is leading you and maybe in your journals you can be even more transparent. Um, we also wanna invite you Friends, if you are comfortable with it, we'd love to have you in our in-person gatherings. I gotta tell you, there's nothing like gathering together and being able to really, truly connect in the physical, in worship and in the word and in serving. Um, it's a powerful time, but make sure, again, if you're not a part of a small group, go Sign up for one today. We'll be launching brand new ones in a few weeks. But if you're also interested in launching one, go straight to the website, pacificcoast.church. Click on small groups and you can do that there. Here's your three questions. Make sure you get your phone ready, screenshot. Here we go. Number one, is there any part of you that is or has been frustrated with God's timing? What was it that frustrated you? What were your expectations of God's timing and what were they based upon? Number two, have you ever asked the Lord to search your heart and reveal if there is something in your life that grieves him? How do you respond if he does reveal areas to you? Oh, that's good. Number three, how do you know what your trust and hope are really in? What are ways you can keep these in check? Oh man, I'm excited 
for what the Lord is going to speak to you and to me in these questions this week. As always, we want to encourage you, if you've never filled out a Connect card, make sure you do that. You can do it online or by texting the word Pacific to 84576 and connect with us that way. Um, Also, like I said, small groups, friends, join a small group. I promise you will not regret it. Also, your giving. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your faithfulness, whether it's your prayers, your time, joining a dream team, right? Like any any of that, but also your resources, your time, your, your money, your talents. Man, God has blessed us so incredibly. Such a pleasure and an honor to be able to give back to Him what He's given to us to steward. So friends, thank you for the time you've spent with us today. Maybe you want to share this on your social media. If the Lord's ministered to your heart and any part of it, share it with your friends and family. You can text the link. Also, make sure you're subscribing to the page. Um, We are really excited for what the Lord has in this next season. I promise you want to be a part. Make it a great week.